I'm Chris Farrell from the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast, a wacky weekend morning show, part of the Gun and Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out right now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and the opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows over at gunnageeknetwork.com. Talk hard and enjoy the mindgasm. The intellectual podcast starts now. We're here with Kristen Vogel. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. And uh, Kristen is a lady who wears a lot of hats. So a many lot, hats. a lot. Many, many, many hats. Or maybe just one really tall hat. It's really heavy. It hurts <laughs> a lot. My posture is terrible. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's funny because when I say that, I do actually imagine like a, a precariously <laughs> there. stacked hats. Yep. Um, so do you want to share a little bit about the, some of the things that you do, some of the many things that you do? Um, well, the most important thing, biggest thing, maybe not the most important because I have a son. Sorry. Delete. Um, <laughs> second most. Um, yes, I created him and I also created a book. So that is what's sitting in front of you, though, not my son. Yeah. That's, so, that's like a baby. It is like a baby, except this one I created in three weeks, believe it or not. And wow. it took nine plus months to create the other one. So, Yeah. So very quick gestation on, on the book. Indeed, yes. Uh, which is the primary point of discussion today. So yes. um, well, a couple of things. I know whenever this came about, it came about really organically and like just sort of out of the blue, which is also the quick turnaround. How, how did you end up making this? Yeah, so I should probably say the name start of with said the title. Book. Yeah, yeah, start with the title. <laughs> Dare to Write Creative Writing Prompts for Young People and Word Rebels Everywhere. That's a mouthful. Um, I don't know. It came about really synchronistically, which is an artist way term, which Whitney knows what I'm talking about. Um, it's all the kind of creative woo woo stuff, but the universe <laughs> basically gifted me with this opportunity. Um, and a company reached out to me and said, Hey, would you like to create a craft and prompt writing book um, in three weeks? And I said, okay. And so I did. All right. Yeah. And so for you, like what was the process of doing that did you already have a bunch of prompts in mind or I didn't um thankfully they provided me with an outline that they wanted to see so it's broken up into genres and um you know I went about this very intellectually at first I said real writers write every single day and so I'm going to parcel this out and I'm going to be very dedicated and so I did that the first week and I got back a bunch of red lines just didn't didn't work for me at all. So I was like, I'm going to do this how I do everything else. And so the Sunday before the second deadline, I just wrote it all and it was much better writing. So I'm That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I, I struggle with my writing in terms of like being motivated to do it. Right. And I've read all sorts of different advice. And one of them is, you know, write every day, yeah. whether you've got anything to write about or not, just write every day. And I find the more I try to do that, the less I want to write. Hmm. Okay. But if I allow myself to just sit down when it feels right for me and write, then it just flows out. Yeah, that's and, good. And it goes really well. <laughs> Absolutely. For some people, they kind of need to write every day, which is why the prompt writing book is good. You can just mm -hmm. kind of pick it up and, you know, let your imagination soar. <laughs> I find that the at least trying to write every day gets some of the junk out of the way Absolutely. and then whenever it comes down to that like sitting down and writing for your own creative satisfaction it comes out a little easier and there, there's less distraction yeah so i think i'm 
we're talking about kind of two different things. So for me, if I have a deadline, you know, I was a magazine editor for a long time and I found that procrastinating and waiting till the last minute now as a teacher, sometimes I get into the classroom like a half hour before and do my lesson plan. Not because I'm an asshole. I might be, but because, you know, just the best stuff comes at that last second. Um, well, it's a bit of, bit of panic and a bit of adrenaline. Involved, right? I guess so. so. I gotta get it done. Yeah. And time constraints now, cause I just have no time. But if I'm looking for a good idea, like if I want to write fiction or poetry or something like that, I find that picking up a prompt whenever is really useful. If I don't have that deadline mm-hmm. in place, this is kind of the way that I approach it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Deadline versus no deadline. How did you get into writing? Is it something you always wanted to do? Like when you were a little kid, did it, was it the subject you liked in elementary school? Um, (laughs) Yes. So I had a really embarrassing American girl. Do you remember the American girl Mm -hmm. dolls? Yeah. So I had a journal where you would write every day and I still have all of those. And my husband actually read some of them and I was like, Oh "Oh, Lord. Anyways, so I really went from really embarrassing journals to just, you know, writing short stories and, um, I think I write about this in the book. Uh, I was the opinions editor of the paper. I had this really embarrassing Dr. Love column where I was like the sassy black lady that was like, it's okay, sugar. Like, just ask him out. Where was this? This was my Catholic high school paper. And I thought I was so clever and I made up all the questions and all the answers. And I was like, nobody's going to know it was me. And absolutely everybody on the campus was like, you're the only person that would think to do this. And I was like, damn it. God. So she was pretty cool though. That's hilarious. Yeah. So that's how I got my start. <laughs> that brought it building, full circle, I guess. Building alter egos from a young age. Yeah. And then I, I went on to do magazine writing. So I really had no idea through college what I wanted to do. Tried a bunch of different things. Finally settled on a communications degree and then um, decided to go for an internship in um, Beverly Hills. So just kind of started working for them, turned into a job and the rest is history. <laughs> and now what college was it that you went to? I went to Cal State Northridge. All right. Yeah. For undergrad. SDSU for master's. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Um, so you wrote for magazines. When, when did you start teaching writing? Because my first uh, encounter with you was you were teaching here at, uh, was it Writers Inc? Or? Yeah. 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 So, um, so when did you become a, a when teacher did I as start well? Teaching? I think that I started teaching. I'm not sure if Writers Inc. came first or doing teaching artist work out um, in the community with like young audiences and playwrights project and things like that. So one of those two. So either Writers Inc. doing generative writing sort of stuff and teaching artist way courses and some other writing stuff for kids and adults or the theater side, which is the teaching artist side. And when did you get into the theater stuff? Um, because you're, you're pretty, pretty good director as well. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, I am. (laughs) I've had the privilege of seeing several of your plays. Cool. You and a handful of people. No, just kidding. Um, sort of truthful. Um, I, I got into the theater thing like 20, 25 odd years ago. Um, performing all that sort of stuff, directing about 10 years ago. Also when I started teaching. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Directing and teaching have a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. I'm just a bossy person. Like I'm an only <laughs> child, like left alone a lot. So I had to boss people around. It was my destiny. 
I'm a bossy person just because I'm an older brother. So. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so now you, you brought up Writers Inc. And for those who don't know, can you tell us a little bit about Writers Inc. Oh, and how you got involved to, in that Whitney. organization? Um, sure. So San Diego Writers Inc., uh, we aim to be the literary hub in San Diego. And what that means is we have classes, workshops, free write opportunities, uh, readings. We do a conference. We do an anthology. We try to just kind of be this writing center in San Diego. So seven days a week, we've got three spaces in Liberty Station, Barrack 16, and you can basically come on down and do something in some sort of genre. And it's all very low cost. Um, so that's kind of like the good part about us. Since we are a nonprofit, we can be really cheap and accessible to a lot of people. Um, the way that I got involved was uh, my life was falling apart one year and I decided I didn't want to work from home any longer, though Kismet, my dog, was good company. I wanted to get out of the house. And so I got a little piddly job at Writers Inc. And their executive director left six months later. And so I figured out how to run a nonprofit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I've been doing that for about almost seven years now. Wow. Yes. That's that's a lot of like trial by fire, it sounds like, because I would have no idea how to run a nonprofit. I mean, I didn't know how to run a magazine either. That's kind of what happened at my first magazine job is the editorial director left, just left me. So I figured out how to run these papers in like eight different major markets, uh, <laughs> 21 years old and just, you know, fake it till you make it. All right, and be bossy, like a, you know, be bossy. Be brother, like yeah, David. If, you, if you're just, bossy, you can get away with all exactly, sorts of stuff. Exactly, just pretend like you know what you're doing. People just believe you. <laughs> <laughs> well, even if they don't believe you, you make them too scared to question you. <laughs> That's not how I like to lead, but <laughs> but sometimes necessary. Um, so, running the nonprofit, uh, you say you try to keep the cost down. Like, what what is the kind of demographic of people that you? trying to encourage to come out and, and what's, what's the kind of ultimate goal of, of writers Inc um, yeah. in terms of the people who come in? So it's really accessible for everyone. We get a lot of retirees for whatever reason, people that just have always wanted to write the great American novel or want to take a dip into poetry or screenwriting or whatever it is. Um, so anyone's welcome to come. You don't have to be a member though. We are a member based organization. And I think just kind of the big, goal is to create these sub communities. So at first people, you know, are like, oh, you need one big community. But I, I found over time that you can't unite all of the writers in San Diego. You know, it's kind of impossible. And so it's, it's been like my trying goal. trying to unite all of the filmmakers. Yeah, exactly. You know, you've got to have your sub and they all interact and, and everything. But yeah, if we can facilitate community, I think that's the biggest the biggest challenge and the biggest reward. And that's kind of what we strive to do. Cool. So in the writing world, there's been kind of this self-publishing, I don't know what, we don't want sure. to call it a revolution, revolution. but, uh, but there's, yeah, <laughs> there's this self-publishing thing going on, but there's still traditional publishing and with uh, iPads and Kindles and all that sort of stuff, like the whole kind of markets changed. Yeah, it's, it's harder weird. to find bookstores and whatnot. Totally. Um, what is the outlook for someone who wants to write? Like what is the potential there? You know, it's, it's extremely hard to get traditionally published. It does happen though. So if someone wants to go toward that goal, I mean, I say, Hey, pursue that, go for it. Um, but it's great for a lot of people that don't care about that and just want their book to get out there. So there is a lot of self publishing opportunity. 
There are a lot of great hybrids that um, you almost have to audition your pages in and then they take on part of the responsibility and, but you know, you're funding part of it. You have more control that way. So the Mm -hmm. hybrids are kind of a way to go. And then you have, you know, the way that I published, which is totally different from both of those or all of those in that they contacted me and they're this company out of um, Oakland, I believe, that reverse engineers it and sees what are people Googling and then contracts people like myself or quote unquote experts in the field to write books. So, so that's totally different than data driven writing. Exactly. <laughs> which some people hate. I happen to love. Um, but yeah. So and how did they find you? I have no idea. They just, they, I, I don't know. But I'll tell you the interesting thing. Like, maybe the, I shouldn't. Don't listen, Callisto. But I saw some of the other people that were on that list. And they were very impressive people that they were contacting. And so I got excited in my heart that I got chosen. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. So you must have popped up in some of their data. Yeah, uh, some search. searches. I think that Writers Inc., we have a pretty large following. Yeah, so it probably um, gave you a lot of visibility, which yeah. made you appealing to them. I think it was the universe. Like I was saying about the artist way, like I just called and I asked for it. And then like I dialed up and, you know, God or whomever was like, yeah, let's choose her. So that's how that happened. That's the very scientific way that I was found. I have no idea. <laughs> now, a lot of the projects that you do, I mean, you mentioned that Writers Inc. is a very community based. Yes. organization. But um, among your other things that you do, you have Pool House Project, which is kind of a similar feel. Indeed. Um, actor community. Can you talk a little bit about that one? Yeah. Um, I mean, just kind of the broader thing when I'm choosing projects and everything like that, I want creativity and community to be at the forefront of everything. And so Pool House Project was brought about in 2013 um, a friend of mine, Lydia Rial, and I, we were just kind of in this place where we wanted other actors to come around and do some projects. So we started meeting Sunday nights. Um, I was living in an apartment complex at the time and it had a pool house above the pool. And so very cleverly, we called it the pool house project. And we would just meet and workshop things and talk about things that were going on in the community. What plays are people doing? What have people seen? Who are the big players in town? Things like that. And from there, we just started doing fringe festivals and just supporting other actors and stage readings. And this past year, I've been trying out doing main stage productions. So I did two of those. I did Blackbird in April, which I directed and produced, and then Lonely Planet, which my friend Levi Kaplan directed and I produced. So, so yeah. And I get to see both of those plays and they're really good. And uh, you did them over at uh, the City Heights Annex, which is... Um, also, they have a really important community outreach aspect, correct? Yeah, absolutely. They're affiliated with the library and I love the library. So that was very cool. Um, but yeah, they're very mission driven. They try to get a bunch of different groups in there. City Heights, as you know, is kind of this melting pot of culture. So I'm excited to be able to perform in there and um, hope to do more with them. Awesome. Yes. As a as a play director stage director what is it you look for in a production that you want to direct hmm, like what is it that appeals to you as a director question to, to take on a project um really interesting stories that may push the envelope um and that haven't been done in san diego before so taking blackbird for instance 
Uh, I read the script many years ago, saw it on Broadway with uh, Michelle Williams and Jeff Daniels, and I was just blown away. Um, The script is about two people that had a relationship uh, 20 years ago. She was 12 at the time. He was 40. Um, And automatically you go into this. First of all, you know, there's a lot of exposition that's revealed very slowly. So Mm -hmm. that's very beautifully written. I'm looking for good writing. Yeah, the writing in that particular piece. The writing is amazing. And it's it's very mammoth in in the delivery, just Mm -hmm. kind of bits of dialogue and the way that people talk, you know, not necessarily these full sentences. Mm -hmm. So I just loved about that play how you felt one way about the characters and then a completely different way. And by the end, you're almost rooting for them. And then I won't give it away for anybody, but something else happens, which just brings you to your knees. And, you know, at least for me, I was like, oh, okay, that whole relationship was not okay. Like, I'm no longer rooting for you because (laughs) of what I just saw on stage. Right. So stuff like that, that just stays with me. So I want to do work like that. Yeah. And then uh, you guys both worked on a fringe play together a couple of years ago. Oh, we've done a, a couple we, of fringe plays. People. Yeah. So we did, we yes. the people that was two years ago. And yeah. then last year we did, um, the quote, which was, uh, chances play. Yes. Yeah. I um, didn't get to see last year's production, but I, I saw we the people and, uh, that was such a cool and interesting piece. Thanks. Now you guys wrote it too, right? Like, yeah. So Whitney helped conduct a bunch of the interviews Mm -hmm. with people, just asking people the prompt, the prompt going back to the book cyclical. Um, (laughs) what is your most American moment? Mm -hmm. I think was the prompt among among other things, but that was like our one, like no matter what we will have this question, um, in this series. Right. Um, but yeah, we talked about a range of things, politics, ecology, um, and, Gosh, between me, you, and Lydia, I think we interviewed close to a hundred people. Yeah, absolutely. And then Kristen and and Chance did a bunch of calling down of yeah. all of these stories. It was the hardest thing I've ever had to call, had yeah. to edit, had to write. I mean, it was a lot. Uh, some of the interviews that I conducted went, you know, an hour a piece, and like I said, we had about a hundred. So yeah, there was just so much material there, and I mean, the end product ended up being pretty simple as you saw just these monologues um and then two kind of bookended um i don't know what to call them uh scenes where everybody's talking i guess so it was pretty Mm -hmm. simple you know in the end i'm like why did it take you so many months to just come up with the format but well i think the thing though is like yeah it was simple in the staging but that meant the writing had to be top notch like right on top because yeah. it was all about the words yeah there was mm-hmm. no blocking there was no right set pieces to kind of distract and occupy people's time right it was here's the dialogue mm-hmm. you're gonna love it or you're gonna hate it right <laughs> based on how well it was written i thought it was so solidly written thanks because i was engrossed the whole time that's um, that's good to hear yeah it was just one of the most painstaking things I was really happy with how it turned out, but God, like I don't usually get anxious or, you know, anymore. Um, that's a characteristic of my twenties, but like, man, like I was just fraught for like months (laughs) trying to just find a structure, which is Mm -hmm. why I'm like six monologues. Like it'll be fine. Yeah. But like each one of those six monologues was a, was a compilation of pieces from all these Mm -hmm. different people. 
Yeah. I can see how that could be really, really daunting. Well, everyone's got such an um, incredible story. You know, you want to include pieces and you want to do justice to the pieces that are kind of in their entirety. And so, yeah, it was just, it was really, really tricky. And it was fun to write with Chance. Like we found that we work really well writing Mm -hmm. together. So that's been a a fun, fun thing to do with him the last couple of years. How (laughs) does it work writing with someone else for you? Like what, what is that process like? So we, the people was kind of different in that we inherited Mm -hmm. the material, you know, Mm -hmm. essentially from the interviews. So that was us just back and forth, kind of making decisions, cutting and pasting for the quote and for X, Y, which we're working on right now. He wrote those pieces and then I'm kind of editing developmental editing, asking questions saying, can we omit this character? Can we do more so with a quote than this piece um the quote is ended up fairly different than where it started where it started yeah i don't know if i ever got to read like the original a bunch of characters i was like get rid of like half of these people they don't do anything you don't need sally (laughs) down the way she doesn't contribute to our lives so let's get rid of her um but yeah yeah it's been a it's been a good process and i think chance works better that way too i think it's harder for him to do what I do on the other side of things. You know what I mean? Like if I had a piece and he was trying to put his voice in, I think that this is a good, this is a good system for us. Cool. Yeah. You're good Um, at adjudicating those cuts. Yeah. Good word. When you're writing, say just a a story Mm -hmm. as opposed to writing a a play, um, is the process of editorial for you different from one to the other because like you're talking about removing characters sure because this person doesn't really contribute overall do you do that as much in a in just a like fictional story that you're writing as you would with a play well or, I don't, or I don't. are you stricter about kind of small characters can can get let go right in a stage production so i typically do the theater end So the playwriting, but then I'm usually on the other side, you know, the magazine article end, Mm -hmm. the, you know, kind of nonfiction-y sort of stuff. So the process is, is really different, Mm. really, really different. Okay. What, what do you write typically for magazines? Like Um, what kind of stories do you tend to write? I've written for Edible San Diego doing dining review stuff. I used to do a bunch of celebrity interviews. Um, I'll write about events, uh, just kind of depends. I don't do as much of that anymore. The teaching's kind of taken over the administrative aspect of Writers Inc., um, doing book stuff, racing my son. So I don't do <laughs> as much of that anymore. Yeah. Well, but that's typically what I, I write. Aren't you on the board for one of the theater organizations too around here? Yeah, I'm the president of the Association of Community Theaters. So that's eight different community theaters. On top of everything else. Oh, yeah. I do lots of things. <laughs> I'm crazy. Yes. yes. And what does yeah. that association do? So, basically, it's it's there to create community. So, to share resources, um, to talk about different issues in the community. And, yeah. So, I just started in June. I feel a theme in the things that child? you do. I was an only child. And... It seems like everything you do in your adult life right now is about trying to build communities. Totally. I mean, I told you, I, I mean, curiosity, community, creativity. If it does not have those three things involved, then it doesn't, <laughs> then puh, get out of here. Doesn't interest you. Yep. 
Do you think growing up as an only child is what's led you to seek community as an adult? I have no idea. I've been told that only children are like non-joiners. Like, you know, whenever you read those silly things about like, oh, the middle child does this. I've always seen like the only child doesn't affiliate, doesn't do that. I've always been the complete opposite. You know, for most of my life, I've been a social butterfly and fairly outgoing and joined everything under the sun. So led everything. I, yeah. Mm, I maybe bossy. slightly different than being a joiner. You're yeah. a leader. I just yeah, like to see I don't join there's... stuff. I lead it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the same thing for me. I don't know. I just like want to improve things, I guess. Yeah. So see where the holes are and try to fix things. <laughs> what, um, in San Diego, in the theater, what is what is one of your favorite theaters? Like, which theater would you say tends Ooh. to put on the best productions in town? Oh, my God. Um, so many. I couldn't pick just one. And it's been a while since I've seen a lot. Uh, the last show I saw was Sunday, actually, at Pow Pack. They put on one of my favorite shows, same time next year. Yeah. I don't know why I love that script so much. Um, anywho, that was not your question. <laughs> um, That's okay. <laughs> but I love them all. Like I used to do a lot at ocean beach theater. It's got like a funky vibe. So I appreciate that. I really like the work that Moxie puts out. Like I think that, you know, they there's don't a lot of just a lot of small theaters all over the yeah, county. Yeah, it's an, I are. love it's, this town. Signet's amazing. Um, you know, the rep is doing great things. All of these community theaters are just kicking ass. And they each sort of fill a different niche, you know, like Moxie is definitely like the female driven empowerment theater. Right. You know, uh, whereas like you said, OB Playhouse is definitely like sort of counterculture. Right. You never random what they end up putting on, but it's always really good. Yeah. And I mean, then there's all these gypsy theaters that like, or gypsy companies rather that don't have, brick and mortar structures, but that are doing amazing work coming into spaces like city Heights and, Mm -hmm. you know, renting other spaces and things like that. So I think we're super lucky to live in a city that has so much theater. And I don't think people know that at all when they land here, they have no idea that that's Mm -hmm. even a thing. Well, it's like, uh, I I'm a North County resident, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know anything about the theaters for the most part in the downtown area, Hillcrest, like, yeah, you know, it's been a kind of a revelation for me the last few years to discover all these theaters down here. But like up where I'm at, we got North County Playhouse. We got uh, the Avo and in Vista. Right. Um, Starlight, and the Broadway Theater, the, which is a bunch of stuff They're up there. all over. Uh, Escondido's got their, their big Patio playhouse. And, and uh, that one too. Yeah. You know, and I, it, so I look around and I just go, there's a lot of theater in San Diego. Right. And like you said, people just don't know about it. Like mm-hmm. it's there, but like, unless you live in that one community of all these communities, you mm-hmm. probably aren't paying that much attention to what's going on 20 minutes away. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Yeah. There's, um, there's a lot though. They're trying to do things. Um, you know, San Diego theater week, I think the performing arts league puts that on. So they're trying to trying to make that a thing. Um, I think different things, theaters repping each other. I think that's, what's great about act is in mm-hmm. every playbill that you see, they're advertising all the seven other theaters in there. Um, so yeah, I think there's enough theater people actually to just make that industry thrive. You know, yeah. if all of us just go and see theater, <laughs> then we're taken care of. Right. Right. Um, well, I know the thing that we keep trying to do with the, with the film community here in town is stretch beyond our small community and start getting the, 
community at large right. more interested in what we're doing. Um, and I'd love, I, I feel like there should be synergy between what we do in the film community and what the theater community is doing. Like there's a lot of things we could all be doing to support one another. Totally. And you see a lot of those people flipping in and out of those actors, especially yeah, yeah for actors sure. are bouncing around between both all the time. But I've talked to a number of actors. I'm like, so, you know, your, your theater friends, you know, why don't you bring them to the, to the film sets? Oh no, they, they're, they're it's a different world. You know, people are choosing side. Interesting. Cause everyone I know okay. seems to flip back and forth. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. It's kind of interesting. I'd love to see more of the writing community infiltrate into the, into the screen world yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see better writing happening in a lot of our, uh, our local films. Yeah. For sure. I mean, you got to give people credit though. I mean, it's interesting to see how many competitions have sprung up mm-hmm. and just, you know, whether they know how to do it or not, like, people are just <laughs> people making are films. Yeah. yeah. So that's really kind of yeah. cool. You because admire the creative spirit. Yeah. yeah. I've met so many people that are like, I'm just going to jump into the deep end and do this. I'm like, know what you're doing? Okay. Oh, all right. We'll just, well, that's we're winging it. We're winging I mean, it. <laughs> I don't have a theater degree. I wasn't formally taught how to direct or anything. You just kind of have to try stuff yeah. out and then be like, that really sucked and get better. So kudos film people. <laughs> I've actually said to Whitney a couple times the last uh, two years. I'm like, cause I started in theater oh, Okay, I and I actually that. studied theater for two years at Baylor university. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, I got a pretty deep theater background, but like I haven't done anything in the theater in 15, 20 years now. Wow. And like, I've been watching your guys' plays and seeing the things that Do you've been something. directing and it's been, it's been the, the bug's been biting. Do it. Like yeah. get out there and direct a play, direct a play. I just got an email like yesterday that Fringe Festival sign up is coming up. That's right. So. Yeah, I, I got that, that email yesterday too. Yeah, yeah there you go. I don't go. know how I ended up getting that email, but I got because it. Because it was because the universe, the same person, <laughs> the same God that was like, Kristen, you're going to write a book came into your inbox and said, you're going to direct a play. Mm. So there you go. <laughs> don't look convinced. I don't know. I, I, I want to, I really do. I want to terribly. Cause I, I love the, the thing that I really like about, uh, theater as opposed to the film is working with the actors. Yeah. And the fact that you have all that time to rehearse and kind of refine performance and really dive deep into character background and motivation and, you don't Absolutely. get that so much on the film stuff. Um, oftentimes it's like, show up, here's your script pages. Right. You know, we got 10 minutes. <laughs> and go. You got any questions? Yeah. Let's go. You know? And I mean, you know, I could be wrong, Whitney. Tell me, tell me if I am. But I think like the connections you forge with people are much deeper in theater because you're working yeah. on this oh, stuff. Absolutely. Like, for months at a time. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can tell that because everybody talks about like the, the after show withdraws where it's like we, we don't have rehearsal and we don't have a show. Totally. And we don't know what to do. Well, my best friend is <laughs> Brian. Um, we met in the theater at Baylor and 26 years later, he's still my best friend. He's the father of my nephew. And, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like we forged that friendship and that relationship, you know, in the trenches at the theater, yeah. building sets and in the putting lights up. the trenches is accurate. And, yeah. Totally. <laughs> I told you, I got the background. I know what it's like, you know. Uh, you know, we, we at, at Baylor, the two years I was there, we put on, uh, what, six shows a year. Wow. 
Um, so, you know, there were three stages in, in the department and we'd be doing a main stage on one stage here. And then on the thrust, we're building sets for the next show and rehearsals are happening. He He does know what he's talking about. Let's listen more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, so I, I miss that. I miss that, uh, again, the community part of theater. You should do it. Really and deep. I mean, that's the cool part about San Diego theater is when you're ready, just tell two or three people and we will grab <laughs> you and drag you into something. I just got to yeah. not be on the road as much as I've been. Yep, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's the next part of it. <laughs> Figuring out how to pay for my life without being on the road 90% yeah, of the year. Yeah, we all have. We all have that problem. <laughs> we pay for our lives. Speaking of the next part, so what's what's next for you? So you, this book has come out. It yes. sounds like it's getting a really good reception. Yeah, it is. Um, people are really excited about it. I'm teaching a class on November 17th uh, using some of these prompts. So if anybody's interested in that and this comes out before then, I don't know. Um, I'm doing that. Well, Where so are you doing that? I'm doing that at Writers Inc. Okay. Yeah, sorry about that. So if at they're interested, Writers they can Inc. check out Writers Inc. website. Yeah, mm-hmm. if they just go to San Diego Writers.org. It'll be a pretty small group, so about 12 people, so we can all share and just have personalized attention. So I'm doing that, and I'm directing two readings. So XY uh, is in November. Is that November 17th? <laughs> I don't even know who I am anymore. I think you said November 17th earlier. Yeah, one of them is on November 17th. There's a class. If you go to sandiowriters.org, you'll know when my class is. Just look <laughs> at my name. And then the reading, I think, is on November 17th at Onstage Playhouse. Um, so that's, again, something that Michael Shantz wrote. And um, it's about a world in which four females have experienced this event 20 years ago. Something happened to all the men. They all died off. Mm. And they're meeting for the first time decades later suddenly a man appears dun 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 let's see what happens so it's it's a really good script and we need a good tester audience so we're going to make some changes based on the feedback from everybody so that sounds like a really interesting piece yeah Yeah. um and then the house where nobody lives is a piece by michael eichler he's um a local playwright who contacted me and said hey i've heard good things about you i'd like for you to direct so i'm going to be doing something for him uh, early December at December 5th, I believe at uh, city Heights performance annex. So sounds like you're going to need a website for yourself. Just to yeah, just I do. Keep it's, it's Fogel.com. <laughs> I need to go home and update it. But I put things on there occasionally. Put all the dates for everything. Yes, got so I can up. figure out my life. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's, that's what's going on with me. That's what's coming up next. Indeed. Um, if someone wanted to approach you to write something for them, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just like imagine me in a dark alley, like being approached, <laughs> like being accosted. And I was there, like, yeah! There's the writer in her, like jumping in. <laughs> right. I gave her a prompt and she ran with it. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go back. So but if somebody wanted to approach you to, to write something for them, like a play or whatever, mm-hmm. like, um, a, how open is, are you to people coming and, and, you know, asking for you to, to help them out on something. Um, I'm totally open. I do all sorts of weird gigs and um, the XY play actually is because of a podcast that I was on at the union tribune. Um, the guy that now runs that uh, his name is Charles. He runs Cloudcast media. We started talking and he talked about this podcast XY that he wanted to do. And he wanted this podcast to play sort of thing. So, I mean, that's a perfect example of how, 
we were contracted to do something. Cool. So now that I have my son, I have to be a little more picky, but I'm still me. So I still have a million things mm-hmm. going on. <laughs> so if it sounds interesting and I can do it, um, I'm usually interested. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So we've been talking this whole podcast about how, you know, you feel like the universe brought this book into fruition for yeah. you. Um, is there anything else that you want to shout out to the universe? Like what is your next? This is Whitney's white- thing. <laughs> yes. She's it is all my- about people putting stuff it out is on the my show thing. I love and that. then watching it come true. It, but, yeah. And Kristen and knows this. Cause large, she, yeah. ex- I mean, you've so. experienced this in your life and honestly, Absolutely. we've had a lot of people come on to the podcast and do this very thing. Oh, cool. And very shortly afterwards, it That's comes awesome. to fruition. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. It's yeah. really cool to see. Um, so what is your, what is your, uh, out into the universe thing right now? What's your white whale? So my white whale, <laughs> uh, more images that I'm seeing, but have nothing to do with what you're saying. Okay. 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 Um, so my white whale is that, um, I'd love to teach with this book. I'd love to, I mean, that's why it was so cool that they contacted me was because I wanted a book where I could go teach at different writing centers all across the country. There are places like writers Inc in every major city. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to have a product so I could go and say, Hey, I'd love to teach a generative writing course. Um, I'd love to do more speaking engagements. Like, I don't know what I would talk about, but I'd love to do more travel, teaching, speaking, that sort of thing. Um, maybe even directing if I could do that. At that some would be point fun to do like a, a teaching tour. Yeah. I would love to do that. I think it would be super, super fun. And I'd like to write another book at some point. So I've got a few ideas cooking. Well, that's awesome. Yes. That's a great one to put out there into white the universe. Whales. Is that the sound that whales make? I don't. Do <laughs> I don't the white know. ones make a different sound? Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no? Just me? Just you? Alone? No. Uh, Is anyone I still listening? Know. There you go. I was going to say it's like the, the <laughs> finding you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I love Finding Nemo. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> My husband and I make the Dory face all the time. Too much info. Anyway, uh, what was the so, question? You know, you know, the, you know. I drive a big RV around around the country with like AV gear in it and stuff. Yeah. So my my boss is like, you're on the road so much. I'm just going to get you an RV with a storage in the back instead of driving a truck around. I'm like, okay, oh you know, gosh. saves him on hotels and yeah. I, I can go to like national parks and hang out and whatever between shows. So it's kind of cool. Can I add cool. that to my white whale? But I would we, like an RV. We name an all RV? our vehicles nice. at the company and that vehicle is is called Dory. Nice. And along the side door, it says, just keep driving. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's adorable. Yeah, it's great. I love that. You know what's weird, David? My little blue Prius is also named Dory. Oh, <laughs> we drive Dorys around. We do. <laughs> do you name your car, Kristen? Your car have a name? Her name's Lexi because she's a Lexus and I, I gave up. I love it. No, that's great. <laughs> I th- yeah. That's I, great. I, Lexi, I Lexus. I should have tried harder. That's awesome. <laughs> well, Kristen, I know that you have to go and uh, pick up babykins and do some mommy things. So um, before we sign off, anything else you'd like to share with the audience where they can find you if they want to approach Kristen you in a dark alley? <laughs> me in a dark alley to write something for them like David suggested. <laughs> oh, dear God. Um, they can go to KristenFogel.com, which should hopefully be updated. And then SanDiegoWriters.org, where I promise I will have the correct date of my workshop up. Does Pool House Project have a website? You are so correct. Um, it is sdpoolhouseproject.com. They okay. also have a Twitter account and a Facebook page. We do. Yes. Go there. Yeah. 
Excellent. Kristen, thank you so much for Thank you, guys. This was fun. Yeah. I appreciate this it. This was fun. We laughed a lot. <laughs> good interview and you're laughing a lot. Yay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hello there, citizens. I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the floaty that will not flush no matter how many times you try in the toilet bowl of crime. I am Darkwing Duck. Telling you, please, talk hard and enjoy the mindgasm. <laughs> Whatever the heck that means. After all, you are watching Intellectual Podcast with your ears.